Good evening, everyone. Good evening, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, the podcast where we talk about all things Porsche. Uh, I'm coming from, well, my name is Michael Bath, if you don't know already. Coming live from London, back in London. Uh, a week ago, I flew from Bahrain to London during the COVID pandemic. Uh, I'm currently in isolation. I have one week or a little bit less than one week to go. Um, so I've been locked up in the house or locked up in the apartment for the last 10 days. And once again, the other part of Porsche Cooled is Steve and Steve's coming all the way from Australia. We're doing this by Zoom. So if the sound's funny, like I keep saying, uh, please excuse the quality. I think it should be okay, though. It's been okay on the last two podcasts. Hi, Steve. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Or it could be me. It could just be my mumbly monotone voice. No, I just, I, I'm just really fussy with the, I'm really fussy with the sound and I actually have been looking to buy, I think um, people thought last time that I was saying that I bought a new microphone in the last podcast. I didn't actually buy a new microphone. I bought a microphone stand, uh, which is why I'm talking to it now and Steve can't actually see my face because it literally the microphone covers my face. Um, the joy of these microphones, Steve's got a lav, uh, lapel mic on, but uh, I have to get my mouth almost like I'm eating the microphone, which is... Not very comfortable. I find Weird. it very uncomfortable, yeah. Um, but I'm not wearing a mask because I'm inside. If I was wearing a mask, it would be worse. The thing is, you know, I have to say something. It's very weird in the UK, um, and I don't want to upset any of the UK listeners, but, you know, there's a, there's a mandate or a, I don't know what it is. It's not really a law to wear a mask when you're in shops. Um, and I have had to actually, I, I can actually go out to get essential food if I need to, if I can't order it. So I have to go down to the shop downstairs, which is called Tesco. Um, to get some things when we run out, like uh, milk or something like that, water. And you're supposed to wear masks. I've got my mask on. No one wears masks in there, and you're supposed to wear masks. It's Same very in weird. Sydney, mate. It's, it's like very, Sydney. Same in Sydney, and people look. I walked into our local supermarket after heading up to um, the doctor. Long, long story, but went to went to the local supermarket wearing a mask. I guess I had my hood. It's cold in Sydney, so I had my hoodie on. And the people in the supermarket thought I was going to rob the place. Well, yeah. like, mm, you do know that there's like a pandemic going on. <laughs> well, it's quite funny because one of the, the head concierge in our building here, um, he said to me, it's just a, it's a conspiracy. You don't have to wear masks. They don't work. He said, it's all rubbish. And I'm saying, but, mm. you know, they, they say that they take, they cut out 50% of the, of the germs, you know, the germs that I might have be giving to you. You know what I mean? Like You're protecting him, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually protecting you. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I feel like obligated to protect you because I've flown from Bahrain and apparently Bahrain is a high-risk place. But, you know, because like I said... in a community. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand people don't want to wear masks, but I think it's because mm. having been in Bahrain and, have, and living in Bahrain, excuse me, and living in Bahrain, it's just like people just do it and people don't yeah. complain about it. But that's probably because Bahrain is a kingdom. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. It's like Middle Eastern culture is slightly different. But um, I need to drink some water. But um, people just wear it and there's no hassle. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's same in Sydney. There's a funny kind of weirdness about it. It's become, it's become law in Melbourne. There's a lot of stuff going on in the media. I don't know. I blame Donald Trump for being such a dick and basically kind of making people feel that all of a sudden there's this sort of weird uprising. That's probably very polarizing too. So I'll just shut up. Um, I did notice though, a lot of, um, a lot, a lot more cases in Melbourne and Australia though, isn't there? Melbourne's actually quite yeah. out of control based on the, uh, well, basically there's 
like I don't don't know if it's officially like a second wave, but yes, there's another outbreak in Melbourne, and um, they're kind of closing the borders between states, or they've shut borders between the other states to try to kind of keep it under control. Yeah, and I think London today as well, they were going to open up a little bit more and Boris has actually decided uh, to like hold back for a bit because it's uh, it's still too dangerous, I think he said, something like yeah. that. Um, but I have to say, if you're if you're thinking of travelling during this period, is, is the best time to travel because the airports are empty and the planes are uh-huh. empty. And when you have a plane which is 333, the seat in between is like free. They don't put anyone in the seat, but it doesn't matter anyway because the plane is about, you know, I don't know, a tenth full at the most. You know what I mean? The plane from Bahrain we flew was so empty. So, um, you feel, um, Did you not feel um, sort of not scared is a bit melodramatic, but just nervous the whole time, like eating your food and doing I didn't a wee eat. and all that sort of stuff? I didn't eat. Yeah, there you go. And I actually, <laughs> I actually got a plastic disposable. We got these plastic disposable gloves. So we yeah. not rubber gloves because it keeps the germs on them. So we just had these cheap plastic ones. So you just put mm-hmm. them on and then you throw them away, put them on and throw them away. So if you go to the toilet, I just put them on. I know that sounds a bit, mm-hmm. probably a little bit crazy for some people listening to this, but, you know, I, I think, like I said, it's from being in Bahrain, you kind of, we just got used to doing these things. So we just kept doing them. Yeah, right. So that's about it. Anyway, enough of uh, coronavirus. Let's get back <laughs> on to Porsche. Yeah. Um, Steve actually just made a very good point uh, before we started this podcast when we we're chatting that... Um, I get a lot of people, and Steve's getting a lot of people following him as well, a lot more people following him on his Instagram, GT Steve. Which I have to say is uh, there's no point in doing that because I don't post much, so nothing to see here. But if you if you keep following Steve, he'll put more pictures <laughs> up. So you, if you just keep following him. Get him to like 500 followers, and then he'll definitely put some photos up. Mm. Um, but a lot of people uh, send me DMs. Uh, some people, most people I actually do do respond to in fact i think everyone i respond to i hope i do respond to everyone um but a lot of people who have watched the pod listen sorry watch the podcast listen to the podcast who have enjoyed the podcast and who have um asked questions about things we've spoken about in the podcast so maybe at the beginning of each uh each episode uh each week like i said i'd like to do two podcasts a week but um I have to get Steve organized to do that, so I'm not sure if he's <laughs> if he's up for two. Yeah, aren't I? Um, but we're doing it's, one at the uh, moment. Four thirty in the morning. <laughs> it's four thirty in the morning in Sydney. But I think what we'll do is, is is maybe we should come back to some of the topics and just relive them and and things we've talked about because uh, during the week, actually two days ago. Uh, I'll let Steve talk about his thing in a minute, but I'll just keep talking. Uh, two days ago, uh, I had a message from. Design LS, uh, which is in the UK, which someone asked me who it was the other day on Instagram. So I don't know why I don't say the company name, but it's called Design LS. Um, and my leather parts, I posted them on the Instagram. They're probably gone already because they're on a story. Um, but my parts are in process. Uh, they look like I think he's done two things and he's in the process of doing the other three things. Um, he forgot about one good. thing. That looked really good. But the quality looks really, really good. But I was going to ask you one thing, Steve, actually, because you know the mm. I got the leather uh, inner door seals done, um, yep. the same as what Steve has, and Steve got his done yep. through Exclusive Option, which is in the US, uh, which does a really good job ago. too. Porsche stitching, yep. Porsche leather. Um, yep. But Design LS is actually a lot cheaper in the UK. Their, their prices are, his prices, hopefully he's not doesn't listen to this podcast, but his prices are very low compared to Exclusive Option. Yep. My inner door seal, when I looked at the picture that he sent me, it looks like it's got Alcantara inside the the 
passenger side sill. Now, this is what I find really odd because I said to Tasha, because the passenger side is obviously her side, Natasha, my wife, um, and that's where the Porsche umbrella is. And I said, as far as I remember, there is no Alcantara in the inside of that inner sill, (laughs) right? You mean in the factory part or? Yeah, the factory part, the factory part. So I don't know. I mean, he supplied the parts, right? The, the door sill plastic part, he supplied the part. Now, did yeah. he put Alcantara in the inside? I haven't asked him, but I wonder, did he, or, or is there some 997s, turbos, et cetera, that if it's from a different model, higher level up model, that it actually has Alcantara in the, in the inside? Because I can see the I... rubber, because in the photo, I can see the rubber strip. Did you see that in the image, Steve? I can see the rubber strip. No, I didn't. See the rubber strip, and then there's like it's Alcantara lined, and I know um, the I know my car does not have Alcantara lined. I know that for sure. I reckon it's because I'll stick my neck out. I reckon it's because Linus is good. He's very he's a craftsman and he's detail oriented and stuff. And my I bet you he's just put Alcantara in there. Um, uh, from memory, I think mine's all leather, but it's got the little um, rubber insert the little liner thing that you just kind of put down. Yeah, and that's what I think. When I looked at exclusive option, and this is me getting like paranoid and upset about little things like I do, fine details. <laughs> I looked at the one on exclusive option, and exclusive option is all leather inside. When I'm yep. thinking, huh. But then again, I look at the exclusive options price for the inner door sills, and I look at what uh, Design LS Linus has actually charged, and I can't be upset about it because it's a hell of a lot less money. Hmm. I mean, exclusive option is thirteen hundred US for that inner, for the inner door sills now. Thirteen hundred US. Yikes! So that's probably like three times the amount I'm paying. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks good. The, the photo that you sent me of what um, Linus has done to me looks um, pretty pretty good. And then Steve got me all worried about the stitching because he said it looked too white. So then I was like searching <laughs> through all my photos of my car's stitching to make sure it wasn't. Um, I'm just but I think, with you. It's okay. But I think it's fine because the, the factory part, which is the console lid that I got from Suncoast, the stitching's the same. And then I looked at the um, blades as well. I had a picture of the blades. I didn't send it to you. And it looks, mm. it looks pretty much the same. I think it's the same color. I mean, he said it was factory stitch, so I, I guess I have to believe him, right? Of course. No, no, he'll know. It, and to be honest, I, I think I said it to you when we were having this weird message conversation was um, – because um, John from ProStitch looked after me recently with um, the door pulls and the console lid. Um, we were standing at the car. But where is ProStitch is in Sydney? Tell people where it is. Yeah, ProStitch is in Sydney. Okay. Um, so anybody local to in Australia, um, John's on rail, so um, check him out. But um, there's, I think, three different coloured stitches in a standard GT3, like the stitch with the Alcantara is different, is a different colour to the leather to some other bits and pieces. So um, it's not really until you start kind of, you know, getting a a sample out and lining it up against different bits that you start to realise that things don't necessarily 100% match anyway. But some of the pieces you have have charcoal stitching, don't they? Well, that's what I thought. black stitching. the leather, standard leather is not pitch black. It's sort of like a very dark anthracite color hmm. and it's got um, deviated stitching, which is lighter, it's sort of like a silvery color. Um, same with the Alcantara, it's not black. It's sort of like a dark gray. Um, but you just start to notice when you look at everything, you scrutinize it properly, they're actually all different, slightly different shades of something. And that's that's the factory part, the factory bits, not the bits that I've added on. So Yeah. Um, so tell us about, so what episode was it? I don't, 
a couple of episodes ago, we talked about making your Porsche 911 sound better or 997 sound better. I can't remember oh, the exact title. Oh, you exhaust? Yeah. yeah, so your exhaust. How has it been in the last couple of weeks since you've been driving around in your GT3? It's been awesome. It's been really good. I was worried. I was really worried that um, it was just like way too obnoxious and um, like I've just read some stuff where people kind of went yeah, way too loud. I took it off after two days because it made my ears ring. Um, I don't think I'm that boy racer that I don't, I'm not that sensitive. I think basically what's happened is this mysterious, what everybody says um, you get like your exhaust um, has carbon buildup and changes the tone. So everybody says you get a brand new exhaust, you've got to give it a little while to carbon up. Um, I think that's what's going on. It's And it's mellowed. It's actually not as, not as loud, not as kind of all the sort of sharper tones have kind of disappeared. Um, when I first uh, was driving around with it, I was driving with the valves closed. Now I'm driving with the valves open, believe okay. it or not. Okay, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So enjoying it. It's really good. I have to admit that it's a carbon buildup, isn't it? Because I remember when I got the Fister exhaust and it was fitted by Auto House, and I yeah. remember sending Darren Fister an email about it because, like, there was this really odd smell from the rear of the car. I don't know if you remember this. Like I said, this. Mm. I sent him a message and I said, Darren, that email. There's a really bad smell. And he said, Oh, that's normal. That's due to the ceramic coating or something. And I think he yeah. said the same. Like the pipe that he that he welds in. When that yep. starts to get carbon build up, the sound will change slightly. Um, yeah. And I think it actually did. I think at the time it did. I think it sounded a bit hollow and then it got a little bit deeper. But I have to say, uh, I did watch uh, James at Auto Amateur's video the other day where he was putting his car on the truck, his Project 996 car on his truck, and they started mm. it up and they've just put the Fister on it in the same ceramic black that I, velvet black finish that I have in my car. I mean, it's great to get the velvet, the ceramic finish because of the heat. A lot of people say it does reduce a lot of the heat and your rear fan doesn't come on as much, but you mm -hmm. never see the color. You know what I mean? It, you never see the coating, so unless you get underneath the car. But then they started the car up and I thought, man, like, I, you know I'm a fan of Fister. You know I'm a fan of FD Motorsports and Darren Fister's exhaust, but he started it up in that video and met it. Really did sound the Fister exhaust does really sound good. It sounded great on the 996 as well. I don't know if you saw that video, Same. but it was uh, no, I it, didn't. It looked really your good. Your car sounds unreal. I keep saying it from from the outside on startup. Like I watch your videos, or when we're kind of catching up in person, going for a drive, and you turn your car over, or even if I'm following you, even though like. Um, my exhaust is quite loud. If I'm following you down a twisty road um, on a bit of a on a fun drive, I can hear your car. It sounds really good, really good. I have to say, the thing I enjoy the most is when I um, when I drive out of my car spot at, in Sydney, out of the car space, or when I'm reversing back, or when I'm reversing back into it. You know what I mean? Like the sound you hear. It's actually when you got the window down. It sounds it sounds really good when you just take off, or when you just even in cold, even in cold start, yeah. it sounds good. Yeah. All right, so that's just a bit of a refresh. I don't think there was anything else to refresh on. Uh, we, like no. I said, Steve and I have had, well, I know I have, and I think Steve's had a couple, but I've had a lot of comments from people. Um, so we'll keep answering that, and we'll probably touch on it in each, uh, in the following episode if there's any, like, questions. So if you have any questions or if there's anything you want us to, like, expand on in this podcast, um, just send me a DM or send Steve a DM to his Instagram. <laughs> um, the link the link is in the description of this podcast it should show up on Apple it's usually always jumbled I try to sort it out I try to like set out the text all properly but Apple seems to jumble it up but it's not just me I've noticed they do it on other people's podcasts as well so 
I'm not quite sure what's happening there. I will eventually work it out. But today's podcast, I can't even remember the name of it. What's the name of this podcast, Steve? What are we, what's, what's the title? Have we got a title yet? I don't think we have a title, do we? No. You always I think ask it's like, afterwards. Yeah. I don't know. I think, it's, I think it's like the joys of Porsche ownership, but it's not, that's not going to be the title. Let's call it a working title. Um, <laughs> but today we thought we'd talk about something that I have had a lot of questions about on my YouTube channel. I think I did a video on it like years ago, um, but people seem to, uh, other Porsche owners seem to want to know about um, how you look after your 911, um, what products you use, um, et cetera. Um, and I guess, and I'll, I'll throw Steve here, because I guess uh, my benefit was is that I basically, when I got the 911, when I had my Audi, I stopped washing it for a long time, so I didn't really wash it. <laughs> and then I got the 911, and then I had to be obsessed, obsessed with washing it again. So I actually asked Steve, and Steve gave me some products, and he gave me the names of it. And I basically just went to um, a place in Sydney called Car Care Warehouse and bought all this stuff, um, which costs a lot of I money. But yep. Yeah, yep. and I think that's the problem. When you go and buy these products, as we both know, Steve, they cost a lot, but the, 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 but the more expensive products... Uh, do actually make a difference, don't you think? I think so. But, you know, um, you can, it can get well out of hand. But, yeah, um, I don't – I think generally you kind of get a little bit what you pay for. Um, remember back in the day, like this is – I'm talking like 20 years ago when there was this sort of magical kind of Canuba wax called Zymol and it was like two or $300 a tin. Everybody else was using Meguiar's and it's like, wow, does this Zymol stuff really work? I have no idea because I never – I never forked out for it, but um, re- relative, like um, for like an everyday person, not a I'm not a detailer, I'm not a three-step or all that sort of stuff. But um, I think you know, like when you kind of get into some of the more the more talked about brands on Renlist and car forums and stuff like that, I reckon there is actually a difference between that and what you kind of um, get if you walk into in Australia. It's called super cheap auto or Autobahn, some of the stuff off the yeah, shelf. Yeah, it's like supermarket car wash products, isn't it? Really, it's yeah. like mainstream yeah. supermarkets, those sort of stores, uh, variety yeah. stores, or whatever you call them around the world. Um, yeah. I was watching something with Magnus Walker. I don't know what it was. Something he had up, and he said he doesn't really care about washing his car or detailing that much. He's not really into it. But look at his hair. <laughs> yeah, and I think I hate to say it. I think it is a bit of a reflection of your personality as well. But, <laughs> but, but for me, I was joking. But for, but for me, for me, right? I. I I actually, and and I know I've spoken about this with other other people, other Porsche owners in Australia who have spoken to me. That it's I like washing the car because it's I find it as a it's a stress release. You know what I mean? It's very relaxing. You know what I mean? Going down to the garage and washing and waxing the car. And seriously, Steve knows this. Some you know I've spent I think the maximum time I've spent down there doing it is about five and a half hours, um, and that's like uh, washing. Waxing, waxing the wheels, doing the leather, you know, doing the whole detail. And that's, that's a full one. And that's probably, I do that. And I'm probably getting into the storage part of it, but I probably do that. I can hear Steve's baby crying. Okay, we're back. We just had a little bit of a pause there uh, while Steve went and tended to his baby girl. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) You mean sat on my ass and waited for my wife to do it. Uh, what we're we talking about, we're talking about taking time to clean car, uh, good car products, spending the money. Um, I know a lot of people don't want to spend that much money, but I think Steve and I would wear like 
avid cleaners of our cars and we would agree that it is worth the money. Um, People way worse than us, like well worse than us. Yeah, and I mean, I don't pay anyone to do the car. We both uh, we both clean and detail our car ourselves. I guess if we had to get a proper, like, what do you call it, paint correction done or stuff like that, you'd get someone to do it, I guess. Uh, I probably wouldn't do that myself. But, you know, for me, and I think you're probably the same, Steve, is that washing the car, it's not just about making a car look good. It's also protecting your car. Um, the crappy old Audi that I have in Bahrain, it's never been cleaned or washed or waxed and it's in middle east temperature 50 degrees i rub my hand on the paint and i every time i do it i think of you steve and i laugh because i thought steve, <laughs> steve would die if he felt the paint this silver paint it has no clear coat it's just rough there's just like nothing to it <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's so beat up and this this is the reason why you wax your car and you look after your car because you want to uh keep it in good condition you know what i mean yeah yeah, I think it's just, but a lot of that sort of stuff has moved on these days. But like you're right, I'm, I I am the same as you. I find it relaxing to kind of you know go downstairs and just um, wash the car every week. Um, occasionally, kind of go further than that and sort of give it a coat of wax or whatever. I don't I polish maybe once a year sort of thing. But even my practices, I think, have moved on quite a bit because we're now in the days of. PPF and ceramic coating and stuff like that. I haven't moved with the times, to be perfectly honest, because um, we just haven't. I, it part, I think part of it is because I actually enjoy, um, as you just sort of said, I actually enjoy kind of giving the car a coat of wax. Um, so just keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, I know everyone's big on PPF. Um, and I know yeah. you said, you know, you don't like the plastic on the paint work. You'd rather just, you know, to have the paint. I think you said that because the front of my car, the front and the rear bumper has PPF from whoever had it previously. I did say to you the other day, I would actually put PPF on the bonnet. I think my, I think I, would, I do want to have PPF on the bonnet. I don't necessarily want to have it on the side fenders if I can get around it, but I know when you do the front end, it's like a whole kit usually they do um, mm. with Expel oh, or whatever it is. Let me qualify that. I, I had PPF on my 993, so this is, ooh, how long ago? Um, I sold it seven years ago and I had it for 12 years prior to that. And I had PPF applied to the front and rear bumper because I got sick of everybody kind of bumper parking me in Sydney um, yep. and the bonnet. So this is like must be sort of early days in PPF. Yep. Um, it was pretty good, don't get me wrong, but you could still see a little bit of the bubbling underneath it and the, um, the material itself was different to the kind of the top coat, the gloss. So I re it, it must be that it's moved on massively. So that's why I kind of go, oh, um, at the moment, like GT3 has nothing on it and I'm quite happy not to kind of go there, to be honest. Yeah, I think the quality is obviously, I mean, the technology has got better and better. Yeah, but I'm going to, I am going to do it. I am going to, and I probably will do the front fenders as well, the front end. Um, and I mm. guess I'd probably have to redo the front bumper if I'm putting it on the bonnet because maybe the front bumper is a different colour because it's old. It doesn't seem yellow to me. It seems like it's okay. I don't know how long ago it was put on. Um, there's a few nicks out of it. But but you're right on the ceramic coat. Like everyone's doing PPF, like full PPF, which, you know, I don't know how much it is. I think US, when people talk about it, it's like 8,000 US. It's 8,000 Australian dollars or something or 8,000 US. Yeah, for a full car, if you do a full car. 
Yikes. Okay. Yeah. And then if you do a ceramic coating on top of that, you know, it's, it's an expensive exercise. I don't know. Well, in the 70s, the in the 70s and the 80s, people who bought Porsches and Ferraris and, and supercars, they didn't stick plastic over it. They just drove it and got a bit of patina and, you know, just enjoyed it. I don't know whether – watching these guys on YouTube and seeing this PPF and this whole thing about, oh, I can't drive it out in the road yet until I get it PPF'd and I, I've got to put it in the back of a truck and transport it until I get it PPF'd. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I think it's a little bit overkill. I think that's a bit too much. So interestingly, I'm in the same boat as you. That I was about to sort of say, like, there's one step prior to PPF. I think if you then go, hey, I'm going to have my whole car PPF'd, um, you need the car to be in tip-top condition before you actually kind of wrap it in plastic, which then yes. means getting a, a paint correction done. Yes. And there's another, like, you know, three or four days of an expert's time, which is in Australia, that's about a three or four grand exercise, I believe. So once you get the paint correction done, then you kind of wrap it in PPF, then you kind of put ceramic coat on top. And what you just sort of said is exactly my point of view, which is, oh, man, like if I go and do all of that to the GT3, I've, I've thought about it a couple of times and my uncle's prompted me a couple of times. If I went and did that and my car is perfect, I have a feeling that psychologically I just wouldn't want to drive my car because I'd want it to be in that sort of perfect state. Yeah. And then the whole idea is that I actually want to enjoy the car. So bizarrely, because I'm quite a, I'm quite a um, fussy person, um, I, that's part of the reason why I haven't gone down that path because I actually would prefer to still have that sort of mindset where if the car's not absolutely perfect, it's pretty good. But it's not dead set perfect, so then it doesn't stop me from kind of going for a drive when I feel like it. Yeah, and the thing is with PPF, like if you have PPF on, and this is the thing that always worries me about it, even with just getting it done onto the hood or the bonnet, is that mm. if you go for a long drive or you drive it and you do get stone chips, you're still going to see the imperfections in the PPF because it's going to like mark the PPF, it's right? It's not damaging the paint. Yeah, It's yeah, not yeah. damaging the paint, but then if you drive it enough – Sure, you're not going to have the patina on your bonnet, but it's going to get to a point where you're going to look at the PPF and go, I can't stand this anymore. Anyway, I have to put a new lot of PPF on. So it's just a continual cycle where you just keep going down. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And can't you do some kind of painting? I, I heard something. Where did I see it? Uh, maybe it was Rod Emery on a podcast talking about it, where, you know, if you have a car that has like a patina on the bonnet and has stone chips, they don't have to have to respray the spray the whole car. They do some kind of special technique where it's oh, they can fade it in. And stuff. Yeah, some yeah. kind of light spray where it's blend. just. Sorry, I'm going away from the microphone. Some kind of light spray where it's just sprayed over just to get rid of that those chips. There's some kind of good sp- panel. Good panel yeah. guy knows what they're doing. Yeah, yeah it's not a full. It's not a like a, a full respray that you have to get done. I guess so. I mean, there's other ways to do it. Anyway, we're getting off the track a bit, but. Um, so I'm just going to like Steve, I, you know, I wash my car every week. I don't wax my car every time I wash it. I probably wax yeah. it. I probably put wax on. And sometimes I don't wax the whole car. Sometimes I'll just wax the bonnet and the bumpers. I don't know why. I just uh-huh. do the so that there's more protection on that because I know that's where the stones hit. Um, and I still think that wax makes stones slide off. I still think that it actually helps. <laughs> I don't know if it does. <laughs> but in my okay, head, I think it, makes it does. Happy. <laughs> in my yeah. head, I think it does. So I don't, I don't, and I'm like Steve, I, I really don't polish the car that much. I think I've polished sections of the car if I've noticed that it's got scratches, but I don't really polish it that much. Um, 
And now I actually dry my car with uh, towels. I don't use a chamois anymore. I used to use a chamois, but I never used to drag it across the paintwork. I used to just pat it on the paintwork. But I do use those big waffle towels, um, not the ones that Nick Murray sells or any YouTuber sell. I actually just buy them from Amazon. Um, so I find the, the towels really easy to use. I know a lot yeah. of people are buying uh, leaf blowers and blowing their car with leaf blowers and their wheels. Mm-hmm. Which Breaks. I did, but I've never used. You never used? Um, and uh, I think, and it's funny, that one, that, that one's interesting. I bought it because, I don't know, I was bored. You but, haven't used um, it? No, I haven't used it. And what it is is that, like, to be perfectly honest with the GT3 is that because I'm doing everything the old school way, which is, you know, uh, two bucket wash, you know, sometimes a coat of wax every time has a, uh, coating of, um, like a detailing spray, like a, uh, it's either a sealer or a spray wax. I'm obviously kind of touching the surface of the paint like over and over again. So I'm putting like all of those little sort of um, scratches in the car. The whole blower thing I'm pretty sure is only if you had your car paint corrected and somebody kind of made it absolutely pristine. So then the the notion is that you don't want to touch it anymore. Um, I'm not at that point because I haven't had my car paint corrected. So the blower thing is a bit silly. I like the idea of the blowers for um, for the wheels. I like, I hate how the brakes, like I try to drive my brakes out. I know you have to go for a good drive, but if you don't go f- far enough and you, I just tried to dry them, you know, going back down to the car space yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. they stick. I really hate that. I hate it when they stick after they, uh, after you've had the wash. So I know people use those uh, leaf blowers to dry out their brakes so that they don't get, you know, that, that problem. Yep. I guess it works. Um, yep. I don't use, uh, what is it? Not sky foam. What is it called? Super foam or whatever it is. Oh, uh, you're talking like a foam. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I do what Steve does. I use the two bucket method. The buckets that we use are like buckets with the grit guard in the bottom so that the dirt, you know, the grit falls to the bottom so you don't get it in your cloth um, and yeah. make sure that you always sort of shake out your, your, your mitt and make sure it's sort of rinsed out so that everything falls to the bottom of the bucket. Um, I guess, you, you know, yeah. you're always going to get some fine scratches. I think it's unavoidable, but you can reduce them. Yep. Um, but back to... Top, hmm? top down, different sponge for the wheels, all of that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, Diff- um, yeah, exactly. I always start my wheels first. I always use a different sponge for the wheels. Um, my wheels actually are very... Someone said to me, someone said to me on Instagram actually said, oh, you know, you, you know the, the thing about your painted wheels is, you know, you, they're, they're probably already chipped by now and you have to like, you know, get them repaired. It's like my wheels have no chips on them. Um, I don't know whether that, I mean, I guess that's testament to Chris at XL Wheels in the UK. Good job he did. Or that's just, you know, how all these wheels are when you get them refurbished. But putting that coating on the wheel, and I've only put it on, I put it on twice, actually. I put it on once where I did the whole wheel, which is the Gion, um, that quartz coating that I bought, Steve, remember? Yeah. So Yeah. So I did it on the inside of the rim on all the wheels and I did it on the outside and I have actually done a second application again where I did put it on, I think, a year later on the, just on the outside of the wheel. I didn't actually go on the inside. I just put it on the outside. Um, and that does the make the wheels very, clean, very easy to clean. Uh, yep. And it seems to protect them from brake dust and pitting. And I don't know, it seems to, seems to work. I think it just helps with the brake dust because brake dust is quite corrosive. And then if you go and use... Um, even if you use a good quality wheel cleaner, when you see what that thing sort of does, then they must be doing something to the surface of um, the paintwork as well. So 
I did the same. I've got a couple of coats of ceramic coating on the um, on the wheels itself, and yeah, seems to just look after it. I'm not sure about resisting <laughs> stones, but <laughs> but we. Um, I mean, I bought that wheel cleaner that you use as well, the one you told me about, which is that Ferris Jewel or whatever it's called, Dodo Juice. Dodo Juice is a really good brand. Um, I think it's one of the best. I mean, I like their packaging as well. I think it's kind of a cool brand, but I think it's a really good brand. Steve and I both use a product from them called um, Red Mist, which is not cheap, yep. but I think is one of the best products ever. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I don't wax my car all the time, because you wash your car and then after you've washed it, you spray the Red Mist on. Um, and it really just brings up the car like the shine is just amazing. Correct, Steve? That's Yeah, that's one of the um, sort of detailer sprays that I mentioned before. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, see, I'm no like ammo or esoteric or whatever. The, if if you're into all of this sort of stuff, like um, you're probably kind of looking at us or listening to us, going, "You guys are muppets." But um... well, really. I mean, a lot of people like to know the brands, but I mean, the brands that we use, and you and I, like I said, because you put me onto these brands, I use pretty much the same ones as you. Um, mm. But we use, you know, brands like uh, Duragloss, which is the wheel, which is the high gloss wheel shine. Um, you told me yeah. to do high gloss wheel shine, and I think it looks better than the matte ones. Um, yeah. We use Mazerna, which is the polish. Well, that's what I yeah. use, which you gave me, and then I bought, I think I bought yeah. two since then. So I've obviously been waxing my car a lot if I'm into the third tin. Um, so, yeah, yeah Mazerna, which is a really good wax, a very, very yeah. good wax. Um, oh, no, that's the polish, not wax. Oh, the polish. Oh, polish, yep. sorry, the polish. That's right, the polish. Yep. Um, and then the uh, colonite, which is the wax, yep. isn't it? Colonite Mark yep. something, I think it's called. I can't remember the full name. Colonite yep. Mark something, Mark 900 or something or 950. The blue tin. Yeah, yep. the blue tin. I mean, that's a really, really good wax, really easy to put on, very easy just with a foam pad. Uh, Steve and I also use for our plastic, which we use on the inside of the car, um, is a brand called Next. Zet, I think you pronounce it, mm-hmm. which is a plastic deep cleaner and a cockpit cleaner. Um, those yep. things we use inside. I don't use them all the time. Uh, I use them on the sill guards. They actually bring the black plastic of my sill guards back to something that's more suitable. My sill guards are a bit sort of beat up, especially on the driver's side. Yep. Um, what else, Steve? Oh, the one outside, the 303 one the, for the black oh, on the exterior. For, um, plastic and rubber bits. 303, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Sort I think of like it's, a, it's a much better version of Armorall. Don't use Armorall in your car because there's no silicon in it. Yeah, no, Armorall's terrible. Um, but the 303 stuff that we use, which is a UV stuff, that's good for um, your black oh, rubber around your windows, the black rubber seal, because it, it, it nourishes the rubber too so it doesn't dry out and crack. Uh, yeah. It's good on the 911 on that front plastic bit that's between your windscreen and your bonnet. That's where I use it. I think that's all the only places I use it actually. Around the um, the trunk, the frunk. Yeah, yeah. And the door seals. Um, yeah. All that type of thing. Uh, and car shampoo, I use Dodo Juice as well. So Dodo Juice is, um, like I said, it's not an ad, but I know I know people like to know these brands. So I use Dodo Juice, uh, which Steve put me onto as well, which is, uh, I think it's called Supernatural. Supernatural car mm-hmm. wash or, no, Supernatural shampoo. Supernatural shampoo, which is expensive. It is expensive. I'll I'll add to that. So I've kind of like, I don't know why, I just tend to try different things every now and then. Um, I read about a, like a finishing spray called Beadmaker. I think I got onto it maybe from um, that Matt from Obsessed Garage. 
um, which is uh, a, an equivalent to that red mist stuff. I've only just bought it, so I'm not, I can't quite tell yet whether or not it's any good, but um, uh, he, he kept banging on about how um, the finish, like as the name sort of suggests, that, um, uh, that water sort of rolls off um, the surface of your paint. Um, I have kind of switched between colonite, um, wax. This is Canuba wax, so old school, not um, ceramic stuff. Um, colonite, I do have tried the Dodo Juice um, Canuba wax as well. They've kind of got different products for like light-coloured cars and dark-coloured cars and stuff like that. So mine's a white car. Yeah. I've used Swiss Fax wax before as well, which is really good, very expensive, but um, also really, really good. Um, I literally tried Sonax as well, which is a German um, a German um, brand of products. I got onto them because I was trying to find like a really good Alcantara cleaner um, and everybody that I read about, pretty much Sonax Alcantara cleaner comes up all the time. Um, I've never been able to hunt it down, but I actually tried some of their other stuff, including they've got a, a wax, which I used recently, and that was actually quite good as well, so... Um, I mean, I guess it's it's lucky for you because you're both you're, both your cars are white, so you don't have to get different polish or different wax for the cars, right? Uh, and you don't have to. Like, <laughs> to be honest, it's not it's not like a coloured, literally kind of coloured wax. It's not like if you put a dark uh, wax designed for a dark coloured car that all of a sudden you're kind of messing up your white car. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's I mean that's a that's a sort of a overview of what we do to clean our cars, right? I don't think there's there's anything else, is there? I mean, I always, no. I always do a, uh, I, and I've spoken about this before, I always do a full detail before I put my car in storage, before I leave Sydney, uh, before I put the cover on it. Um, I always make sure that my, I've got a Porsche indoor car cover. I also have an outdoor cover, which I bought, which has never been used. I don't know why, I've just never used it. But, but I always wash it and make sure that's clean. I always make sure the car's completely clean, completely waxed. Uh, I make sure the leather's got... Um, has been uh, uh, cleaned and uh, the leather balm is put onto the seats. Um, what else? Leather's do I do? a tough one, actually. Leather's a tough one to kind of find a product that doesn't make it um, shiny afterwards. You know what? Uh, I I bought that English brand and I bought it off Amazon UK. Uh, Auto Glim. Auto Glim. Yeah. Yep. I bought the Auto Glim leather cleaner and leather balm, and I have to say, I really like it. I really like it, mm-hmm. but. I don't think it's as good as the one that you gave me to use, which I think came from Clarence, your upholsterer. You gave me something. Oh, like, he's got some secret recipe. And I when gave it back. Um, you, gave, you gave me a lend of it and I put it on when I first got the car and it really brought yeah. the leather up because the car obviously hadn't been, the previous owner hadn't really cared for the leather so much, even though it was in good condition. I don't know what that is. Um, Clarence uh, reupholstered my leather. Uh, he's done it on multiple cars and he just gave me a tub of stuff and said, use this. Um it's one of the very few products that doesn't make your leather kind of go shiny, which I think is almost like the holy grail of yeah. um, trying not to kind of get to that point, which is basically when your bulb rubs against the bolsters and everything, it'll mm. eventually go shiny. So mm. I'm desperately mm. trying not for that not to happen. So, yeah, I don't know what that is that he's giving me. Auto Glim's not bad. I don't know if you've used it. I actually find it it's not no. that bad. I've used their outside. I've used their um, waxes and stuff like that before. Um, 
but not the interior stuff. Yeah, so what was I saying? Oh, when I put it into storage, like I have talked about this before, but uh, tires to maximum pressure. This is another, I guess this is part of detailing. It's part of looking after your car if you are putting your car down for a couple of months. Correct, Steve? Um, mm-hmm. I don't use um, I don't use tire cushions um, because I just don't want to spend the money on them. They're always really expensive and I just, you know, I read on so many things and I think uh, Granted Auto House also said just just pump them up to maximum PSI and they'll be fine. Um, yeah. And I know some people put them on uh, gym mats, high quality gym mats that they can get from any hardware store uh, yeah. or you put them on very thick carpet or double layers of carpet people put them on as well as pumping them up to maximum pressure though. So they just kind of do both. Yep. Um, but I just pump them That's up to, to maximum. not get flat spots on the tires, right? Yeah. So not flat spots, but then you read some things on forums and they say modern tires don't really get flat spots because when you drive them again, the memory, it, they go back to normal. So they don't stay as a flat spot. I don't know whether that's true or not. I have read it on a few forums. Um, and then of course the fuel tank, uh, make sure your fuel is full, not half full or quarter full. Um, because something happens with the air or something. I'm not exactly sure of the technical reason why, but apparently you're supposed to f- uh, fill, your, fill your tank to full. Put it on a trickle charger. Um, everyone knows the best trickle chargers are SeaTech. Uh, SeaTech are also what Porsche use. They just rebranded us with Porsche on it. Of course, the Porsche ones look better because it says Porsche. I've just got the SeaTech one. <laughs> Which one have you got, Steve? You got My the Porsche sticker. one? Huh? Yeah, I've got a yeah. used Porsche one. Yeah, I just bought the SeaTech one, which is the same as the Porsche one. Um, it's exactly the, C- the same. Yeah, but the SeaTech chargers are great. They really are great. Um, they really work really well. And it hasn't... Uh, and I mean, look, I don't... I I make sure I drive my car a little bit more regularly, so it probably gets a run like once a week. But um, uh, a few years ago when I wasn't driving my car every week, I would actually still put it on the um, trickle charger as well just to try to keep the battery maintained. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's a good sort of habit to have. I think uh, what I was going to say, like the 997s have that kind of funny, the curious thing of um, if you don't drive the car or unlock the car after a set amount of time, I think it's 10 days, is it? Yes. The um, the remote the remote key thing doesn't work. You have to... It's a pain in the ass. you got to stick the key in the actual um, door lock and turn it. Um, and then you've got to stick it, it in the ignition a, straight away after that. You're supposed to put yeah. it in the core lock and then you've got to put it straight into the ignition apparently. Is that just some sort of um, low voltage, not draining the battery yeah. type function? Yeah, it's or? to save the battery. It's to save the battery. Yeah. I didn't know about that until I came back to the car after a period and I couldn't open it and I sort of realized what was going on. And that's about it. That's all I do. I know what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to leave your windows down a little bit, but I worry about bugs and rats and things going in the windows. So. I... <laughs> And then people those nasty miniature rats. I don't know. Homeless people ba- breaking into the garage and using it as a toilet or something. So I don't leave the windows <laughs> there. Man, you're turning into Zuckerman. Uh, what else, Steve? Is that enough about cleaning? I think that's enough. We're probably boring people talking about cleaning. People are going, I don't clean my car. What are you talking about? Stop telling me um, how to clean. I it. bet you, like anybody that listens to your podcast, um, is just as weird and fanatical as you are. And I, I mean, part of it's just part of the ownership experience. I think it's actually part of the fun. Like if 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 um, owning a Porsche and driving one is sort of more akin to a hobby, it's just part of the enjoyment of it. You're kind of getting to know your car. You know every inch of it when you're kind of um, 
when you're waxing and polishing and cleaning, you can figure out where all the scratches are, where the little dents are and stuff like that. You start obsessing it a bit, but um, it's yeah, part true. of the fun of learning it. True. It is. It is. You notice everything. Well, maybe one thing to add, one little thing to add, which is a slightly different topic is, um, uh, so in my 997.1 GT3, um, I had the lift kit installed. So when you're talking about um, ownership, Oh uh, yeah. Um, What's the brand of that? Tell everyone the brand of Eckhart. that kit. It's a it's a TechArt lift kit, and it's interesting. So like um, with a lot of oh actually not I think nine nine seven point ones never had lift. Can kits. I interrupt? Can um, you fit that to any nine nine seven or just a GT three? Yes, you can. You can any any nine nine seven. So anything that's yep. lowered or you're getting hitting gutters a lot, you can get this aftermarket lift kit. Yep. Yep. And it's not cheap. Um, so I went down this path because. 97.1 never came as factory and I don't know what it is like you read things on forums where a lot of people actually a lot of people rubbish the factory lift um the lift kit it, it apparently fails all the time and people were constantly changing it under warranty then the warranty kind of goes and it's very expensive to kind of um, have it replaced so when you start reading advice you know like if you're looking for a gt3 people kind of go oh, avoid the one with the lift kit um now, for me personally in Sydney, there's no way that you could have no lift kit. I mean, I know that the front lip, the little black um, spoiler that is detachable at the front of the car, it's a consumable item, you know, like you scratch the hell out of it within, you know, days of like owning the car. But um, I'd be changing that every couple of weeks if I didn't have a lift kit. So I opted to kind of fit this um, TechArt kit um, and I just sort of thought it was one of those things that might be interesting enough to kind of hear just in terms of as an ownership experience. Um, I, yeah, in, in Sydney, Sydney driveways, it's not so much speed humps, it's more Sydney driveways, like um, to navigate like shopping centres and personal homes and stuff like that. You need the lift kit to get up and out. But how do you operate it in your car if it's an aftermarket it's, one? It's a very seamless, um, it really, it's very well thought out. Um, the... I think in a factory car, the button is down like near the gif, uh, the gear, the gear shifter around there somewhere. There's a switch there. The TechArt kit gives you like a factory-looking button that is up near your um, above your head where the um, the interior light switches are. And if you had a sunroof, oh right, they they put it in there. Yeah, so there's a button and it's like it looks factory. You wouldn't you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Oh, okay. Um, I did the research on the kit and um, granted Auto House fitted it for me at the time. He, I don't think he'd done one before, but he did compliment it and sort of said to me it's very well made. And I think from memory, I can't remember, I think it might be hydraulic. So he How much sort of said it? like, oh, geez. Like, so I, I must have installed it maybe about maybe within six months of buying the car. So it's now what? That makes it six years old, five yep. years old. Um, back in those days, I think it was about, I think it was less than four grand for the actual part itself. And then it was a good six hours to install it. And I think it basically. So six hours at 150 an hour. So another $1,000 a strain to install it around about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about 5,000 um, Australian, which is about, I don't know, 4,000 US or something. And actually, I should add to that. I had, I did actually have an issue with it. Um, it wouldn't stay up, and then TechArt sent me out a new chip um, because they sort of thought something was wrong with that. 
even now it doesn't necessarily stay up all the time, but, you know, um, and I just couldn't be bothered going back to them, um, trying to sort of figure it out because it costs me money and labor every time they want me to kind of um, change something. So it works okay it, it, or not really? Well, it functions well enough for me to kind of navigate, um, you know, the things that I need to navigate. I know how it works. So would you recommend um, it to someone else? Yes, I would. <clears throat> I don't know if there's other, I actually don't know what the other um, brands are. There's probably like a car graphic um, one as well, but it was just interesting because um, the car's low. It, it definitely does scrape. Um, and I don't know how people that sort of say that um, you don't need it get around. It seems like a necessity to me. I mean, this is the reason why, I mean, and I've, I've, we've touched on this before, I know, but um, I still find my car is probably just a fraction too low. Not super, mm -hmm. not just a fraction because it does actually scrape and it's hard to get out of the garage and stuff like that, um, which is yeah. why I was saying to you, I want to get the Bilsteins and hopefully I can just, the Bilstein Pro Sport kit, whatever it is, whatever, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, yeah. But just to actually give it a little bit, just to raise it up just a fraction, not a lot, just a, just a smidge, you know what I mean? Just to get out of the drive, yeah. Yeah, just a smidge so it doesn't bottom out. And you know when we're doing the back roads, when we're doing the twisty roads, when we're driving on the country roads, you know, when I'm following Steve or he's following me, like we do actually bottom out. Like <laughs> you actually do hear it in parts of the yeah, road, right? Yeah, you can hear it. Even on. my car, like it bottoms out. Like if, you, if you're going fast enough, which we're not breaking the speed limit, of course, but it does actually bottom out. I think ride height-wise, your car is pretty much the same ride height. Or it, I think it's actually probably lower than mine. I had mine lifted a tiny I bit. I think mine's lower than yours. I think it needs to be yeah. a smid, it's a tiny bit higher, a tiny bit higher. But, but the, reason why, the reason why I have issues um, driving around Sydney is more because the front spoiler, that black plastic spoiler mm, that clips mm, onto the front of mm. your bumper um, is really, really low. Um, and another little hack if anybody is interested um, once that thing gets kind of completely scratched up, which it will inevitably, um, use Plasti Dip, black Plasti Dip. You just, it's a black kind of plastic spray paint that you just, um, there's no point trying to use shoe polish. There's no point trying to sand it out, all of that type of stuff. Just use black Plasti Dip and occasionally kind of, um, refurbish your thing by sort of, it's like spray paint, but, um, yeah. it's a sort of rubbery kind of plasticky type, um, coating and it works really well. I heard them talking on Spike's car radio, actually. I heard Spike saying that about his GT2 RS. I, I'm yeah. sure other people heard that episode where he said, it. you know you can replace it and you know it gets scratched, but when it gets scratched, you just want to replace it because it just doesn't look right anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depends on your degree of obsessiveness. But, like, it, it, literally, if you're going, if you start to get that obsessive, you're going to be spending, like, I think those the front spoiler lips are about $200 a pop now. They it's used still, to be about 130 It's, it's not throwaway money. It's still, it's still money. It's still cost. Oh, that, that's what I was about to say because you'll scratch it pretty much every third time you go out um, where you encounter, an, encounter a driveway or a bump that you didn't quite realise um, was that low and... But I think the new 992, though, that new um, lift system is pretty pretty cool that's on the Porsche Turbo S, the one that's done by GPS. So it remembers when it has to come up and down. So it will oh, okay. actually remember your driveway. It will remember parts of the road, and it's based on the GPS. It will know. Yep. So you yep. won't actually have to put it up at every speed hump in your local area or your neighborhood. It will remember yep. it and go up based on the GPS. Which is really, yep. I think, out of all the technology that's coming out at the moment, forget about you know these 
different cruise controls. And I don't know, all these cruise controls they put on the new 992s, I hate how you see that big, you know, that oh, big that circle big laser. Yeah, yeah like I just find yeah. it makes it really ugly. But I think that, I don't really need that, but uh, I find that, that the uh, automatic lift system, whatever they call it, Porsche's given some special name to it as they always do. Um, I think mm-hmm. that's a really, really good uh, usable piece of technology. I think that that's really cool. Yeah, cool. And it should be standard on every 911, really. Any sort of GT 911, true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like I said, I'd, the, maybe the thing that I was saying before about 997 factory lift kits, maybe that was probably one of the first Porsches that had that um, system fitted. So it's probably improved quite a bit now. I'm guessing that a 992 or a 99. One um, lift kit would be much, much better in terms of more durable, et cetera, and, and quicker as well. It's definitely a necessity, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, have you bought your – we were going to talk about something else today, but I think we've actually um, – I think we're actually almost at time. Yeah, Don't okay. you think? I think we're at yeah, about yeah, sure. 50, 50 minutes, 55 minutes. We usually do it for about under an hour. Um, we were going to talk about – with me. <coughs> conversation with me normally lasts about three minutes. So I don't know. <laughs> This whole thing is going. Steve and I, we're going to talk about more about Porsche ownership, more about what it's like to own a Porsche, but we might we might do that in another episode. We might save that. Uh, we don't want to use up mm-hmm. all our stories in one episode. Um, have you bought, I meant to ask you this, Steve, have you subscribed to Triple uh, Zero magazine yet? I have not because I'm a tight ass and work is slow at the moment, so I'm trying not um, to spend money. Why did you? I didn't know, but we were talking about it on the last episode and uh, Nick... Mm. Uh, Nick in the UK, who I talked to, who's another 997 owner, oh, yeah. um, yep. he did it after hearing it in, <laughs> in our podcast. He said it was a very okay. expensive podcast. So we actually, right. <laughs> he can tell us how good it is when he gets it because I'm not a subscriber either. Um, it looks good. I mean, I've seen, uh, I look, I've jumped on the website many times. It's not that expensive. It is when you live in Australia. I think if you look at the um, rest of the world shipping costs, it's quite dear. Oh, really? I yeah. think it's 250 euro or something. Something like that. You're a wealthier man than me. For four episodes. <laughs> for, for, for. I bought the Houdinki magazine, and when I, bought, when I purchased it, I thought, oh. oh, yeah, it's only 38. It's only 38. It's like 38 US dollars. It's like quite a lot of money for a magazine, isn't it, really? Because it still is a magazine. <laughs> it's a keepsake, though. Like, I'm about to contradict myself. Like, uh, the, the physical cost of the actual product itself and, like, you be, being sort of related to that sort of industry in terms of, um, creative, you know, like the amount of time and labor and all of that sort of stuff that goes into making something like photography and the craft of whatever, like both you and I understand all of that. It's probably just more the cost of shipping that um, is the bit that sort of hurts a little bit more. Uh, yeah, true. I don't begrudge anybody the cost of making something like that because so much time and energy goes into it. So I bought a couple of little things this week. I bought a sticker for the side window of the 911 from eBay from a mm-hmm. seller in Germany that I bought from before, an actual genuine Porsche Martini sticker, side window sticker. It's a long mm-hmm. one, which is cool. Then I bought some, I actually didn't tell you about this before, I bought some other stickers mm. from uh, my favorite site for the name. I think the name is great, from I Say Ding Dong. I Say Ding <laughs> Dong. That's the name of the site. If you know what I'm talking about, it's a sticker site. They have lots and lots of stickers. They have your Pegasus, Steve. They have Hewer stickers, Hoyer stickers. They have... Mm-hmm. So many stickers, all different sizes. So I actually bought um, a couple of stickers from there. Um, I, I actually made a mistake. My, um... I actually made a mistake in the order and, and didn't clear my cart when I was doing it. So I ordered too many. So I'll actually give some to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, 
The Pegasus thing that you're referring to, I was horsing around. I got um, my guy in, what is it, Autographic in Sydney um, for decals. Um, I bought a couple of those really old mobile one, you know, the Pegasus icon stickers that they used to stick on the outlaw cars. I think they'd put it on the Heritage, the Speedster Heritage um, thing. I bought a small version of it. Well, I was inspired by that, so I ordered a set. I had them on the car for maybe the last month um, and I got sick of it, so I peeled it off. Um, Cindy, my wife, referred to it as the fairy on the side of your car. Yeah, I mean, Magnus Walker (laughs) always has it on his and I notice a lot of the guys with the Outlaw 911s have it on Instagram. I I bought a couple of little ones. Which uh-huh. will go on the on the side windows. Uh-huh. On the I don't know why I've got this thing about just a couple, and then I got the chronograph, the Hua Hoya one. Um, uh-huh. I should have bought from I say Ding Dong. I love that word. I say Ding Dong. I should have bought the golf. The golf stickers are quite good that he has the original sort of uh-huh. golf style stickers, and they're really cheap. Yeah. They're like two pound. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> See, like, and that's why I, despite what my wife thinks, is like, yeah, if you're just fooling around with it, you can put it on and then if it lasts a week and then you peel it off again that's that's no big deal unfortunately the martini sticker i bought on ebay was not so cheap it actually was a lot more expensive for some reason and it's only small mm-hmm. but i bought it anyway crazy I, um, are you still rethinking the decals the side stripe replacing yeah that i was actually looking at his site yesterday carrera decals who went became ren decals which is chris um I noticed on the Facebook page that people said they've been trying to contact him and he wasn't responding. So I don't know whether he's, is he still actually operating? I don't know. Um, I bought some stuff from him once, but um, it wasn't his fault. It kind of got lost in transit, I think. Um, and the price comparable to um, my guy here, what's his name again? The autographic guy. So uh, I think the last time I bought it from Ren Decals, which is Carrera Decals, when mm. I bought it, it was 45 US for mine for the two-tone. I found yeah. another site, actually. I found another site, uh, which is a .com site, which is double-A-S-E, double-A-S-E sales.com. Right. And they have a whole lot of stickers as well. They have, like, if you've got a vintage 911 and you need all the engine stickers, they have them. And they have all the, you know, the winning Porsche, winning Le Mans stickers. And they have, they have a lot of stickers, but I think they're in the U.S., um, I think Carbone do the same sort of stuff as well. I think yeah, they that's do. where their business originated. They yeah. do. I say Ding Dong, I bought them only because he's in the UK and he sent them already and the shipping was only one pound and the stickers weren't that much. You know what I mean? So it was yeah. easy. So I thought I yeah. better make use of it when I'm in London to actually buy these things from the UK. And so what else is on the hit list while you're in uh, the What UK? else did I buy? I bought a trim toolkit from Amazon UK, which came today. But it's much mm-hmm. bigger than yours. It's in like this foldable thing. It's 11 piece. 11-piece trim toolkit. those as well. Yeah. yeah, so I bought one of those. It's in a. It's good. It arrived today. It's in a box. I love those things. It's only, it was 11 pounds. It was cheap. So just to yeah. do my trim. Um, and that's all I bought. That's all I bought. I'm still deciding what to do with the seals. I'm not, I might do the stainless steel seals. I think I still want them. I'm just worried how scratched up they'll get, but I'm, I think I'll still do them. You're so careful. The, the thing's not going to get marked at all. It's going to be, like I sort of said to you, I, I reckon having I put stainless sills on the 993, um, and I'm relatively careful too. Um, it's like getting a couple of scratches on the back of your watch band, sort of thing. Yeah, clasp. Yeah. It's not that full on. So I mean, I like how they look. I do like how they yeah. look. Yeah. Is that it, mate? I think that's it for today. Yeah, sure. If you, you had enough, because you've got other things to do. It's Saturday in Sydney, the weekend. 
Um, London is summer. It was very hot today. So I'm like sweating in this room. I had to turn the air conditioning off so it doesn't pick it up in the microphone. So I need to get what some What are you guys doing today? Oh, your housebound. Evening, we're housebound. We're housebound till Wednesday morning. We are being mm-hmm. law-abiding um, visitors to the UK. And then what are you going to do once you, you're not bound Probably the same to... thing we're doing now. Probably just stay. <laughs> <laughs> shopping online. <laughs> uh, we have actually been doing a lot of shopping, but I shouldn't talk about that. We have actually been buying things. I also contacted, um, I know this is not about watches, but I did actually contact Harrods yesterday. Uh, I haven't yet mm. heard back from them. And I contacted them because uh, a guy called Hans, uh, who I speak to on Facebook, he bought one late last October from Harrods and he gave me the name of the guy to email directly or talk to directly at Harrods. So because Tudor I can't green leave the guy? house. Uh? The Tudor Green, sorry, Green Bezel. Yeah, the Tudor Green. Yeah, it's cool. I'll just see cool. if they've got it, if they've got it, because, you know, I don't know why it's not that expensive. 2,850 <laughs> 2, pounds, so it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. What I really want is a Rolex Explorer 2 blackface, but <clears throat> well, I, I can I can see a purchase coming on in your oh, near future. Speaking you of watches, speaking of watches, before we go, I have the best mod that you haven't done to your car yet, and they do it on so, old in old 912s and old 911s, where they get the, the two Hoyer stopwatches and they're on like a panel yeah. and they and they're on your dash, like locked to your dash, so you can time yeah. is time is start <laughs> time is start and stop they you look need, cool you don't need the you don't need your chronograph, chronograph. <laughs> what yeah. is that called chrono, what do they call that again sports chrono sports chrono you don't need the sports chrono you get actual hoya hoya uh, proper manual you know analog those things look really cool in those vintage cars they look they, great on the old 911 you see them on so, the on the plate they're so expensive though <laughs> i think carbone carbone have them as well i've looked at them on ebay just for the actual kind of watch bit and um, the old kind of historic vintage things, which no doubt have just been refurbished. I'm sure it's very um, sim- simple when it comes from a watchmaking point of view, but um, they're so dear for what they are. Are they? Are cool, they? though. Cool they as all cool, yeah. yeah. Anything else before we go, Steve? Mm, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Then I think we'll end the podcast today. Uh, thanks for listening. You know where you can find this podcast because you're listening to it now, but it's everywhere. It is everywhere. If you're listening to this on Spotify and you want to listen to it's it like on Apple. It's like a virus. It is. If, if you're listening to it on Spotify and you want to listen to it on Apple, it's on Apple. Apple's the best place to listen to it. It's also on iHeartRadio. It's also on uh, everywhere. It's literally everywhere. It, I've actually put it on a new one to, uh, this week. I actually added it to one where it wasn't, which is Pandora. Pandora now support po- now take podcasts. So now it'll oh, okay. also be um, the Apple stream or Podbean stream that I have will go to Pandora as well. So it's literally now everywhere. You cannot miss it. So that's it. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Steve. No worries. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening. Uh, This is the Portugal Podcast. I'm Michael Bath. That was Steve. Um, We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. (laughs) 